I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Picking out those ping-pong ball combinations. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? It's Lotto Day! Man, what's going to happen tonight? We have no clue. We're recording this on, on Monday night, super late on Monday night. and I have a 26.3% idea like i i feel like 26 percent that i know what's gonna happen like that's, just 26 that's, that's how good i feel about it not 27 yeah there's a 26 percent chance that i know exactly what's gonna happen okay okay man i it's crazy uh when we had tony ronzoni on the podcast yesterday yeah. to play personnel for the mavs and when I when I asked him about hey what's the game plan going into draft night and or you know draft lottery night he said we're just waiting for may 14th We've just been waiting for May 14th, and May 14th is here. <laughs> it is here, Jeez. and just like the front office has been waiting, uh, fans have been waiting, we have been waiting, uh, the day's here, and we're going to figure out tonight where Zion Williamson's going to go. Seriously. <laughs> for the most part, kind of. Yeah, so on the podcast today, we are going to be previewing the lottery. We'll talk all about it. Um, we'll explain it a little bit. They changed some of it, and so we'll explain um, how it works. And then we will um, discuss the Mavericks' chances, all that stuff. We'll do a, a final simulation and, and do a quick little mock of the of the top five or so. And we'll simulate until the Mavericks get a pick. <laughs> and uh, and then we're going to talk about Tony Ronzoni interview because it was really good. If you haven't listened to the Tony Ronzoni interview from Monday's podcast, just stop this one. Go back and listen to that one first. It was really good. It starts at about the 15-minute mark of that episode. And it was just a good interview from you know the – Mavs director of player personnel. This is a guy that literally makes decisions for the Mavericks. I mean, the, the Porzingis trade, stuff like that. Like he's in there making these decisions, has scouting on all these guys. The Luka Doncic draft pick. He has he scouted Dirk being Dirk being drafted. I mean, this guy has been around. He has been around for a long. Has he been with the Mavericks longer than Donnie? Um, well, he's had a few different stints with with Dallas. I don't know. I'd have to see exactly if they add up to equal the same amount as Donnie. But it's up there. <laughs> it's up there, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's been in basketball. I mean, they've both been in basketball for 30 years. So it's... Which is longer it, than either of us uh, have done anything. <laughs> all Yes. All around the world. And yeah, I mean, he was there for scouting Dirk and helping bring Dirk to Dallas. And he was obviously uh, all aboard and all about bringing Luka Doncic to Dallas also. Absolutely. So we'll talk about that. Um, but first, the lottery, the draft lottery. This is a massive night for the Mavericks. Um, it's not a make or break night, though, which is exciting. So if the Mavericks end up not getting their pick and they won't get a pick, what is it, like 74%. They have a 74% chance to not get their pick. If they don't get their pick and it goes to Atlanta, it falls between what, – what are they able to fall between? Let's see. It's uh, 9 and 13, technically. 13 is like less than 0.1% chance. You'd have to have four teams jump up in that, in that top four. Um, if they don't get their pick and it goes to Atlanta, it's not the end of the world. The Mavericks still have Luka. They still have Porzingis. 
they still have um, I mean, even if they still have Luca, <laughs> you know, like that is still an awesome foundation to build off of. Yeah, that's kind of the mind, uh, mindset I'm approaching Tuesday night. Like, I'm super excited. Uh, we're going to obviously be there um, recording a pod and everything uh, about what happens. And I'm excited, but I'm not really getting like my hopes up. And that's just kind of, I'm not getting my hopes up so I don't get them like crushed. And, mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I'm just I'm, I'm envisioning Zion going to New York or Phoenix or something like that and uh, I'm just assuming that our pick's going to go to Atlanta because and we're going to be really happy if it does that's okay like I'm I'm happy if it does either way because we got freaking Luca so um, am I going to be a little bit bummed if it doesn't yeah obviously because we all we would love to have Zion Williamson in Dallas uh, but it's not an end of the world thing like you said and uh, we got Luca, so there you go. So the Mavs have a 26.3% chance to keep their pick, get in the top four. Uh, they can only get in the top four. So how the lottery works is they they have all the lottery ball combinations. There's all these different numbers, and each team has a certain number of combinations assigned to them. So the Mavericks, 6% chance to get number one. There are – it's actually six combinations, right? Isn't that how it works? There's six combinations of lottery balls that if if one of those combinations is picked – then the Mavericks have the number one pick. And they, they pick one, two, three, four, and then everything else falls into order. Um, however, it ended. So let's if you know, teams if four teams jump into that top four that's not there, then it would be New York next, then Cleveland, then Phoenix, you know, and so on and so forth. Yeah. And um this is something that I've been thinking about with the trade to Atlanta. Not to go back that, but I was I, I thought about this and I wanted to mention this real quick. If Dallas, if the Dallas pick was unprotected, that they traded to Atlanta, it's top five protected. But let's say it's unprotected. If there was a scenario in which Dallas's pick could turn into Zion, and they would walk away with Trey Young and Zion, Oof. then that would be man, that that sucks. Even though we still have Luca, like that, like that would still be like crazy. But the fact that it can't turn into Zion. I think it makes it a win-win either way. Like yes. I mean, you, yeah. If that I didn't word that correctly, but you, but it you would get be what I'm it'd be a massive win if they get Zion. It would be massively heartbreaking if the pick that the Mavs had became Zion, right? Yes, <laughs> and that that's what it would be. It would just be this, ma- and that heartbreak is not there. If Atlanta gets a nine to thirteen pick, that's not going to change the world. I mean, we've seen guys get picked nine to thirteen that you know didn't even play. <laughs> I mean, it yes. doesn't happen often very much anymore, but we've seen that happen. So how th- that's how the lottery works. And so when you're watching it on TV and it's on ESPN, 7.30 Central Time, 8.30 uh, Eastern Time on ESPN, you'll be able to watch it. It's right before the first game, which is, uh, is it Warriors-Blazers? Are the, both the games tomorrow night? No, there's just one game. The first game of the, the next Yeah, game. it's Warriors-Blazers. Yeah, Warriors-Blazers, that's on ESPN as well. And um, so you'll be able, you'll be able to watch it. They count up from 14. So they'll, how they actually choose the lottery is one thing. They do it in this back room. Each team has a representation. Keith Grant, the assistant GM, is going to be in that back room representing the Mavericks. And they watch. Every representative from each team watches to make sure that it's all fair and everything. And there's this company that comes in. It's almost like the Oscars voting where they have this, this outside company that comes in, make sure everything is fair and all that stuff so you don't get frozen envelopes or anything like that. And so they Can you pick, imagine if they had an Oscars like mess up like they did that? Oh year? man, 
and they What's open it up. Mark and Tatum, like, the, the deputy the deputy commissioner, goes up, and the first pick goes to Memphis. And then there's like I all mean, this commotion. I mean, Cleveland. <laughs> we max we we messed this up. This would go to Phoenix instead. And it's such a weird, quiet room too. Like, yes, it'd just be odd. Just also, be if you don't know who. If you don't know who Keith Grant is, if you think back to last media day, not this past <laughs> one, but two media days ago. No, the last uh, and, one. Oh, I guess it was. Because it was Luca. Yeah. Uh, when they had Luca and Dennis uh, recreate the cowboy hat picture, uh, instead of having uh, him on the shoulders of or on the back of Mark Cuban, uh, they had Keith Grant wearing the same shirt that Cuban wore. So that's Keith Grant, by the way. <laughs> Which is still just an odd decision. You could recreate that photo like anytime, right? No comment. It's just a weird decision. Anyway, but yeah, that's who Keith Grant is. He's been around the organization for a while. Um, He's in the back. And then Sint Marshall, Cynthia Marshall, the CEO, is going to be representing the Mavericks where where you'll see on TV. So you won't see Keith Grant on TV. You'll see all the people on TV that are representing each team. Um, I know Patrick Ewing is representing the Knicks. I know Kuzma is representing the Lakers. Um. Can I just say real quick, I know I've talked about her briefly before, but like 30 seconds on her, Cynthia Marshall is the real deal. Like she is flat out amazing. Uh, we spent some time together at a Christmas um, community outreach thing that uh, the Mavericks did downtown uh, for some kids. And I got a chance to just sit down and talk with her and, and all this stuff. Like she is the absolute real deal. She's an amazing person, an amazing personality. Uh, she's like one of those infectious people that when you're around them, uh, you just, you feel like a better person. Like you just feel uh, more joyful <laughs> as a person. And uh, I, I'm, I really am really happy that she is, is uh, in the role that she's in with the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, it's really cool that she's uh, representing the Mavs on Lotto Night, too. Anyway, keep going. I just want to say. Uh, Horace Grant is going to represent the Bulls. Nick Gilbert, the the owner, the owner's son. Bro, does he the, have both Does he have his like name etched into the seat? I mean, how how old is this kid now? This this isn't a kid anymore, He's right? He's responsible I mean, for four number one picks, though, right? Or three number one picks. He's probably older than us. Yo, he might be. I got to Google that real quick. Um, Alvin Gentry of the Pelicans, Patrick Ewing, uh, DeAndre Ayton for the Suns, and a bunch of other people you don't know. <laughs> Patrick James, James Borrego, the Hornets like, coach. That's random. You couldn't get anybody. I know. You feel uh, like you, just, you should always get a personality. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Patrick Ewing one's pretty uh, pretty cool, too. They pulled him off for that. And he's not like part of the organization. He coaches Georgetown, the college. So, yeah, it's really cool they got him. I'm googling how old Nick Gilbert is to see if he's as old as. <laughs> Let's see. In 2008, in 2013, he was 14. So now he is 20. Okay, never mind. He's nowhere close. No. Um, but no, you know, last lottery night, uh, Nick and I watched it together. We did a live podcast and. Um, <laughs> That's when Dallas moved from three down to five, and that sucked. And uh, some say that was the birth of Fiery Isaac. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was kind of cool that in our conversation with Ronzoni yesterday, that you know he kind of shed light into what that room uh, was like on lottery night last year. Yeah, uh, when he said that he said that moment they moved down to five, it's like the room knew that you know they obviously wanted Luca. 
And man, those dreams looked like it took a huge hit. And he said it was quiet. He literally said it was just quiet in the room uh, when they moved down the five with the ping pong balls. And yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's do a lottery simulation. And then we'll talk about the interview with Tony Ronzoni. All right, Isaac, I'm going to do a simulation. I'm ready. I'm going to be honest about it. If it if it happens for the, fir- the first time, if the Mavericks get a pick, it'll be awesome. If not, I'm going to keep simulating. First simulation on tankathon.com. Ooh, first one, Memphis got the number one pick. That'd be weird. Yeah. Get Memphis and, and Zion and Jaron Jackson. I mean, that'd be kind of fun. I just want him to go east if it's not the Mavericks. Exactly. Okay, I'll do another one. Cleveland, New York, Washington, no. and the Lakers, <laughs> and Phoenix. No. That's your top five. That's get out of here. That's, that's weird, the worst. There we go. All right, number five, the New York Knicks. Oh man, that'd be pissed. They end up with a number five pick after all this talk. All these yikes. Things. Number four, the Phoenix Suns. Oh, that'd be pissed too. They would be pissed. Number three, the Cleveland Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh well. Number two. The Minnesota Timberwolves. Wow. Number one. And number one. The Dallas Mavericks. Freaking Zion and Dallas. Da- Man, what would Timberwolves do? I guess they would take Jaw. So mean, Dallas would take Zion. Not tr- We wouldn't yes. trade it. There's almost no one you would trade for. Ugh. Mavs fans are really trying to have this debate right now. I've seen some on Twitter about this whole like Zion AD thing. And I just don't want to touch on that much right now. But I would, we've talked about I wouldn't trade him for AD. I'm calling. I'm calling it. Oh, I feel like we talked about this a while back. There's one player in the league we trade. We trade AD for right now. Can, with everything considered, and he's already like, on the Mavericks, and it's Luka Doncic. <laughs> no, it's Giannis. <laughs> uh, there's some people taking off that because they're about to be free agents. But yeah, I mean that's that's just the there's just there's way too much uncertainties with with AD and yeah. Anyway. Yes. So Dallas would take Zion. We would all rejoice. It would be great. Would we be more excited than the Porzingis trade day? I don't know. People have sent us uh, screen recordings of it's one guy. Our re- one guy always sends it to us. Our is it the same person? Because I feel like I've received this multiple times. <laughs> I think it's the same guy. Uh, and I think it's and Cole it's a, Bradley. I think that's his and name. it's a it's a screen recording of. Of the podcast of the opener of the Porzingis it's emergency great. trade it's pod. It's great. It's just us screaming. And, uh, <laughs> the, I was looking at back of some of our numbers. That pod uh, is one of the craziest numbers. Uh, the uh, <laughs> the amount of people that listen to that pod was crazy. That were screaming along with us. It was, it that was, was screaming along with us. It's yes, a good section awesome. of, of the, the Mavericks fan population. <laughs> yes, yes. So I think we'd be more excited on lottery day if they got the number one pick. I'm that, not, no lie, bro. I'm going to be freaking out. I'd be more excited, I think. Because Zion, I Zion is, I mean, he is, him and Luca is just, from our perspective, a content dream. I mean, just the two most marketable humans that are going to be in the NBA next year. I mean, you think about who are the most marketable guys to come out of a draft. Oh, and gosh. like Lonzo, just because of the, the circus around him. Um, yeah, but that's he's not on Zion's level. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, who's who's the most polarizing? Like, people would it's, click on stuff. People would people would eat up, eat up all the information. There's just not it that many. Isn't since since LeBron. I mean, 
Because Durant isn't like that. Odin wasn't like that. You think of like Jason Tatum wasn't no. like that. Markel Fultz. You think about Aiton. I mean, and like Luca was like that around the world, but not here. You know, there was a lot of people that were huge fans my, of him. My but YouTube channel would would disagree with you. I would people guarantee were very a lot of those excited people. about Luca. Yes, people were excited about it, but I wouldn't say okay here in America. I wouldn't say Luca had the same hype as Zion. Correct. That absolutely. Correct. Yeah. And I feel like Zion, because Zion started with the Instagram highlights when he was like, I don't know, 10 years old. And, and with it's Drake going wearing on for, his jersey when he was yes. going to be a junior in high school. For so long. With the rise of social media, you could make the argument that he is the most hyped prospect ever. The most ever. hyped, absolutely. Yes. Not as a prospect, though. Just the most hyped player. Yeah, as like, just yeah. a figure, kind of. Yes. Yes. Hyped. Athlete hyped yeah player yeah but coming in he was the third the third best recruit though so was- yeah i'm not yeah i'm not saying like like he is the the best prospect player that we've ever seen that is guaranteed to be guaranteed to be like top 5 best player of all time i'm not yeah not that but i'm saying yeah, just hype, excitement, all that stuff. But we would be hyped and have excitement. I was texting with a, a Mavericks employee today and about the whole, like, if Zion came here. And we were just talking about just crazy, the most hyped guy was Zion, you know, with Luca and all that stuff. And then and then it turned into us exchanging messages about how annoying media would be in Dallas mm-hmm. because immediately we would get a lot of, uh, or at least from my angle, uh, we'd get a lot of new media <laughs> that is suddenly, oh, I'm all uh, <laughs> all aboard the maps. Yes, and uh, uh, media availability would be crazy. And uh, but that's the price you pay you uh, for being a, a really good team. And I would love to be that that good. And all of you know who's been with you since the Yogi Ferrell, <laughs> Ben Bentil, Quinn Cook days. So that's true. That's true. There are a lot of uh, maps podcasts that's popped so up. And all of a sudden uh, all these national people are coming. You guys know where to stay. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. That would we'll be, be, that'd here. be terrible. If they all of a sudden just became one of the, the most polarizing, all the national, like the, like what's happening to the warriors where it seems like the yeah. whole athletic crew just always comes to warriors games. If that became the Mavericks and then we just got pushed out of the, I know. We're just like, hey, hey guys, hey guys, remember us? We've been here. <laughs> We're still here, guys. <laughs> That'd be sad. <laughs> so, but that would be super. I mean, obviously, that's the best. That's the best result. Heck yeah! Minnesota number two. They get, they go with Ja. You can't have two Andrew Wiggins yeah. in the same team. I don't know. I mean, Jeff Green <laughs> and Jeff Green and. Not Jeff Green, Jeff Teague. See, I can't even make my jokes wow. right. I was. I thought you were making another joke about RJ Barrett <laughs> but- <laughs> with Jeff Green. <laughs> Jeff Teague uh, could be a problem. That's that's going to be my issue with. Uh, let, let's just set the level straight. Firing this year, by the way. Who? <laughs> yes, very true. Um, whoever lands Zion, the first person, first blogger, first <laughs> reporter, first podcast, first person who tries to say anything along the lines of, "I'm not for sure about the fit." So Dracaris. just end because it. I'm just, just, end I'm just gonna, yes, please shout them out because I don't care what team it is. Someone's going to do every it for t- the clicks. Somebody will. Yes. For the clicks and, and just, they will lose all credibility. Whatever team lands at one, you are drafting Zion <laughs> unless you're some team, you know, trades in for AD, but it, it there is no roster that should not make room for Zion. <laughs> if that makes sense. Chicago, please don't. You don't make room for Zion. That's the thing. He he just comes in and is. Yes, he is. He does. He takes up the room. He, so Isaac, please, he is 
inevitable. <laughs> Step. I, just, uh, I put my fist up like the Infinity Gauntlet. Please, I hope there's a Bulls blogger that does it. I don't know. Will he we take shots look. away from Zach Levine? Can he fit with Markinen and Carter? Coming up, I'll tell you why Laurie Markinen is more important to the Bulls' future success than if they drafted Zion Williamson. <laughs> Coming up, I'll tell you why John Morant is actually going to be a better pro than Zion Williamson. Up next, I'll tell you why Zion Williamson would hinder the growth of DeAndre Ayton. He might because he's probably a better center coming in day one. <laughs> he probably is. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be Minnesota. They would take John Morant for sure. Yeah, yeah. John Towns. What a, yeah, okay, so up. then all of a sudden. Actually, 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 I think they would trade it. I would feel really bad for Tyus Jones. Just, he just keeps getting pushed back on the depth chart. Oh, they got to trade him. They got to trade Poor him. Poor guy. Tyus Jones and Jalen Brunson were like weird brothers from other mothers. I feel like they're mostly just with head size. <laughs> yes, there are a handful of teams that land two through three. Dallas included, uh, Minnesota's included. That I think uh, would would be uh, perfect trade people. Yeah, I think so. because I think those, so these teams want to win right now. Cleveland number three. They just go with RJ Barrett. Yeah, they. I don't think they trade out. <laughs> Phoenix at number four. That's that's a decision, man. Yeah, they're trying. They're unloading the kitchen sink and trying to move up. Also, wasn't Josh Jackson charged with a felony today? <laughs> I think the guy was trying to get into a VIP section at a concert. Or oh, that was it. I don't know. Then he like evaded police or something. I don't. Oh, it was. I'm yeah, not- it was resisting arrest. Is what I saw. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. So who knows? We don't know. The, we obviously don't know the information on that, so we won't try to speculate. But that's it's kind of rough. I, but I was I brought that up to say they're not going to go with like DeAndre Hunter because they already have like Mikael Bridges, who's the exact same thing. I guess you can you can never have enough of those guys. But I mean, they're going to go with Kobe White. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> no, I mean I think they'll probably they would probably trade up in that scenario and look at Kobe White or Darius Garland or or if they think that Culver could fit with Booker. And then New York at number five. Just oh gosh, that's the worst. That's sad. I mean, they really they like sad. Cam Reddish, so uh, he's the next Tracy McGrady. I've heard. Yes, please tell me more. I'll tell you that four four of five is ninety percent. I'll tell you that. Did you see that tweet? No. That guy, that guy that we were mentioning, he said, he said, look at these all these players that are from mid majors, and he named four guys that were from mid-major colleges and then Giannis was the fifth guy and he's like look at these guys 90% of the of the of the big name players or the superstar players were from mid-majors and I'm like yo that's four out of five that's 80 it's literally 80% you just- does somebody tell him that his math's off <laughs> so his math is as good as his scouting we'll say it like that oh gosh not my Yoda not my Yoda Oh, that was yo! Oh my gosh, that was him! <laughs> yeah. No, bro, people still follow that guy. Oh, I didn't know that was the same guy. Same guy. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about the Tony Ronzoni interview. All right, Isaac, Tony Ronzoni interview. Some interesting things came out of it. Yeah, the, man. Where where do we start? I want to talk about draft night stuff that he mentioned back last year with Luca. I love his candidness about uh, just where Phoenix and Sacramento were going. 
and the thoughts behind that, that, hey, they were 100% worried that Igor was going to take his guy. Yeah. And, uh, and so were talking we. About <laughs> yes. Uh, talking about their history, you know, Ronzoni and Igor uh, go back to the 90s, back to Serbia. And uh, then he helped hire him in, in Detroit as an assistant coach. And so there's a lot of history with Ronzoni, a.k.a. Mavs front office with Igor. And um, I said this on yesterday's podcast, but why I, why we wanted to get Tony on the pod is you know, there are a handful of decision makers in the front office with the Mavericks that make all these big decisions. And you're looking at, at Cuban and Donnie, and Tony Ronzoni's right there. You see pictures of the draft room. Uh, there's Donnie Nelson, and right beside him is Tony Ronzoni. Uh, any big decision that happens within the organization, any direction they go, Ronzoni is all a part of that, and uh, he's regarded as the best international scout in the business. And that, I mean, that's not—I'm not being biased by that at all, as, as far as a Mavs person. But um, so anyway, I wanted him to shed a little bit of light on the front office's approach to what's going to be happening over these next month or so, and um. Him talking about Sacramento, I, that that quote of uh, tweeted out today, but he said he had talk. We had talks with them, and they liked Luca too. But we had an inclination they wanted to go more of the bigger route, and that just shows that they caught wind, you know, early on that hey, they wanted to go Bagley, they wanted to go big, and um, would it be fair to say that that trade was on that same trade was on the table? You have to assume that if that trade was on the table for Atlanta, that the trade was on the table for Sacramento too. That it was I mean, at least offered. Yeah, I mean, you have to assume that. So uh, they were that much in love with Marvin Bagley that they didn't want to take that extra pick and move down a few spots and you know miss out on Bagley. So uh, I thought all that was uh, interesting. I did like the playmakers. You know, uh, you could see where I was going with the playmaking um, question. He might as, as well as- just said, "Hey, you know what? This, we believe exactly what." these guys said on the, the Kemba podcast that they did last Monday. So just go listen to that. And we just believe the exact same thing. Uh, but you know, he, he praised a lot when he was talking about Igor, he praised the, and he praised that Dragic and, and, and Luca fit a lot and just them playing off each other and pick and rolls and stuff. And that's what, you know, kind of segued into me asking, you know, about having another playmaker alongside Luca and yeah, him bringing that up of saying, you know, that's basically how the league is. And, and so having a guy like that with Luca, I think is important. He said, I think it makes it tougher for the defense to guard these guys when you got playmakers and then you have guys that can make shots. And Well, look at the last four teams left in the playoffs right now. You have Lillard and McCollum. You have the Warriors, obviously, with, with Draymond, Curry. I guess Draymond kind of counts as a playmaker. But, yeah, but, Durant yeah, Curry, but Durant and Curry, obviously. And then you have Giannis, Middleton, Bledsoe, sort of. Middleton and Bledsoe kind of make up one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. and then you have uh Kawhi and Lowry. Yeah. Siakam. I mean you got you gotta have you gotta have two at this point. So when at least. this is why this is why we push back on the idea and some people when it, you're talking about filling out a starting lineup, you can't just have Luca and Porzingis and then have three, guys. three other guys uh, you know alongside of them that can't dribble. You gotta have somebody else that can put the ball on the floor. And Porzingis can get his own shot. That's another. That's another thing too. It's a that's, little different. Yeah, he can get his own shot though. Yes, that's different than your playmaking aspect though. You, yeah, you need to have a, yeah. But uh, I did like when I asked the the playoffs thing of what does this playoffs kind of show us uh, what team building looks like. And man, that first first thing he said, uh, I think what works is shooting. 
And he kind of goes through, I'm just going to read this quote out loud. And this is what I like, because uh, I'm assuming uh, Mavs fans who listened to this podcast yesterday, their ears perked up when they heard a particular name that uh, Tony dropped. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says, I think what works is shooting. That is the number one criteria. You have to have guys that can make shots at all positions. Having shot makers is huge right now. Having guys who can put the ball on the floor, playmakers. Then you have the grit and the toughness. Those are the guys that who do the dirty work. The Montrez Harrells of the world. The Patrick Beverleys of the world. <laughs> the Jose Breas of hey. the world. And then he talks, and then he goes on the praise uh, Ben Wallace. Oh, and wait, his time he, with, he calls him right. Jose. He doesn't call him JJ. Respect. Yeah. Respect. And shout out to Tony for referring to the AAC as Reunion Arena. Throwback. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Throwback. Uh, he's, he calls it Reunion. I think it was purely by accident, but it was just funny that. He was referring to that, that, but, uh, I mean, it, it's not, I mean, obviously this is coming from him in the mass front office that you got to have shooting. I mean, that is, we, we, everybody drills that into your heads. Like you, if you want to be on the floor, you got to be able to shoot the dang ball and man, what a focus that this is going to be for this front office this summer of we're, we're going to target shooting. They got to go out and get some players that can shoot the basketball. But on top of that, that him, uh, him bringing up that you got to have the grit and toughness. And you got to have those guys. And he mentions the Heralds and Beverly's and Berets. You got to have those guys that's going to do that, do that dirty work. Who's going to be our Ben Wallace next year? That's the, you know, for those Detroit teams. And uh, I like, I really enjoyed that Pistons team back in the early 2000s because I just, I, I love that team basketball and that Billups Rashid and all that. So I love when he, he calls back to those teams. And you know who did not like that? The public. Why? Those are some of the least viewed finals games ever. Oh, yeah, because it didn't have like a big star and stuff. Didn't they beat the Lakers one time? The Pistons uh, Spurs one was bad. Um, Also, (laughs) he compared Porzingis uh, as a shooting big to Rashid. Yeah, that was interesting. You know why I like Rashid? Because he went to North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting too. He he obviously is close with Rashid, you know, from the time in Detroit and all that stuff. But um, anything about the shooting thing that you liked or stuck out to you? What shooting thing? Well, like just him. I mean, it just reinforces the idea that, hey, shooting is a big deal. We got to get more of it. Yeah, it, just, it makes me think about this draft and, and where guys are going to go. And if if anybody is labeled like as a shooter, they might go a little higher than you expect. Yeah, and, and it's kind of gosh. When do we talk about that on the pod? And when guys, you have like, guys will get paid more this summer too. I expect. Yeah, I mean, I think if you did a redraft, Kevin Herter goes goes higher. Yeah, and I think I think Tyler Hero or Hero. Uh, I guess, I guess I think it's Hero Tyler from Hero. Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the longest time, I thought like I thought it was Hero, but. Um, I think he can go a lot higher than what people think he's going to because he's freaking six seven and he can shoot the lights out. He can't play like a defense, but you're gonna. I think you're gonna see even more emphasis on these players that can shoot the lights off because teams are finding ways to just get these guys open. And uh, I did like his when he talked about Porzingis. Uh, you know, he said he you know falling in Spain and stuff. And then when he came over, he said on draft night that. He said, I think it was like direct crow. He said, we tried so hard. We tried over and over again to move up on draft night to get, you know, KP and uh, it obviously didn't work out, but I'm there. There wasn't a happier guy 
to get uh, to land that Porzingis trade than uh, Ron Zoni. <laughs> this guy who has been around the world and uh, somebody had uh, somebody tweeted at me today and said, "You said he, you said on the pod yesterday that uh, he uh, he scouted North Korea, really?" And uh, yeah, he did, <laughs> and I actually wrote about it. Some there are stories you can Google it. Uh, there's like bigger stories on it of. Uh, him setting up a basketball camp in North Korea and going through all these um, things and obstacles to make that happen, uh, all to scout one player over there that he had made a connection. He has connections around the world that said, somebody called him up and said, Tony, you got to check out this seven-foot kid in in North Korea. Uh, he could be a good basketball player and uh, and all that stuff. So, yeah, it, it's great. Tony has – there's not – I mean this everything. There's not a single person in the NBA I would rather sit down and talk like front office wise, just stories on the NBA. It's absolutely insane. He has Kobe stories. He has China stories. It's insane. I think I would rather talk to Rob Polinka right now. That'd be the only one, just because, Ooh. just because of how wild his career has been and his current life is right now. <laughs> but yeah, or Genie Bus. He's been in basketball obviously longer than we've been alive. I mean, that, that's just wild. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, my last thing, uh, the last thing I want to mention that he talks about is. Uh, one, he he did mention how big those minutes at the end of the season were for like Dwight and Brunson and mm-hmm. some of those guys, and uh, I think we could see those pay dividend uh, maybe at the first part of the season or this next season of maybe seeing if Dwight and Brunson, these guys, continue on uh, this improvement that we've seen them on. Uh, but I liked his last thing. When I asked him about the buzz around the league, and Tony, uh, he talks to agents all the time. I mean, he, he literally said at the very end, he said, I've had three agents call me while we've been on the phone. <laughs> And when is there a buzz around the league of players that want to play with Luca? And I love this quote, and I'm just going to read it quote for quote. He has agents are definitely calling us a lot. There is a lot of excitement. Agents see it. You look at the great point guards around the world that have played Steve Nash, Jason Kidd, Gary Payton. A lot of guys want to play with guys that will pass the ball. <laughs> yeah, they do. And um, it just gets you excited as a Mavs fan. You know, that there are, I mean, this is, there is a buzz around it and there's a buzz around the league of Luca being this next superstar. And on top of that, it's, um, I, I feel like this is, I'm very confident in saying this. I think players would probably want to play with Luca more than like a Jason Tatum accurate. Well, right now. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying like that style of basketball as far as you know Tatum's more of this like iso heavy score type of guy and Luka can you know score an iso too but Luka's a passer also and uh, he is a playmaker and so there the desire to play with somebody like that you know uh, you'd like to do that and so uh, anyway I it was encouraging hearing Tony talk about that and uh, you know they're excited. You know everything he mentioned on the pod. Everything starts for them on May May fourteenth uh, tonight, draft lottery night, and they have their scenarios played out of what's going to happen. You know wherever they land, and if that pick goes to Atlanta, then bam, they they're sitting there, you know, planning for that thirty seventh pick and uh, what's ahead in free agency. And it's just icing on the cake. Just remember that we've said that for a long time. Unless now. it's Zion, then it then it's like you're not even talking about cake anymore. You're making a new dessert. Like you're, oh, you you're got a whole a different you got a whole different dessert at that point. But uh, that's the thing. You get super pumped if it is Zion. Obviously, we're gonna be screaming our heads off and going nuts. Uh, but if the pick does not uh, uh, go to Dallas, don't be upset. It's all good. Yep. We got freaking Luka Doncic. So 
We're good. Absolutely. There you go, guys. That's the lottery. Again, it's on ESPN, 730 Central Time. Watch it. We'll drop our pod before midnight probably tonight, right? Yes. Yeah. As soon as the lottery is done, we will get on and we will we will discuss it. So. Yeah. We'll we'll talk what happens at lottery night, what is going on with Dallas. I'm sure we'll do a quick mock, uh, what we're thinking, what trades could be on the table possibly. There, everything is going to get wild on uh, uh, Tuesday night. Absolutely. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.